Hi, I'm Katrina Ingram. Welcome to Back to School Again, the show for midlife learners recorded at the Norquest College Innovation Studio. We talk with midlife learners about their educational journey, sharing their stories about how they are balancing the demands of school, work, and family, and where they hope their educational pursuits will take them. My guest today is Radina Deneff. She currently works as a financial educator, but her educational background includes a degree in chemical engineering at the University of Alberta, where she graduated with honors. Prior to that, she was also a student at Norquest College, where she graduated as valedictorian. Radina believes in hard work, having high standards and morals, and she also greatly values education. Welcome, Radina. Thank you, Katrina. Let's start here with your time at Norquest College. Now, you're somewhat famous around here. You're even featured on the website. Maybe infamous. <laughs> From what I understand, you were raised in Canada, but you moved back to your birthplace of Lebanon in your late teens, right after high school. So you didn't have a chance to pursue a post-secondary education. Then you came back to Edmonton and you enrolled in academic upgrading. What brought you to Norquest College and what were your career plans at that time? Well, I had, um, I've, I've always desired education, and you're absolutely right. I always had that vision of getting a post-secondary education, even though I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but I knew that post-secondary education was going to teach me a lot about life and myself. And I, um, given that I have my son with, with special needs, he was one at the time, I said, you know, he's my priority, and if I can make school work around him, and where he still, I can still take care of him and do and, and fulfill his needs. Um, I'm going to go and give it a try. So I did my research and I found the best, the school that's going to fit me best was Norquest College. And I was not mistaken um, at all when I started. Loved the environment and the instructors and everything that it had to offer. And I thought I'll try it out for a year. And if everything works out well, I'll just continue while I'm I've always loved school, fell in love with school all over again, and I was uh, I was blessed to find a good uh, a good place for Jared and a good caretaker for him. Jared's my son, and then away we went. That's great. Tell us more about your Norquest experience. For example, what program were you in? How long was it? Who was in the classes with you? What was it like overall? Very, very supportive, incredibly supportive. And when you come back to school after some years, you just have a different perspective more mature, it was a decision, ready, willing, and able. And when you've truly, truly decided on something, um, just something inside of you just, it just, it just awakens and it's a totally different experience. So I appreciated everything, all the support, all the instructors that felt more like, like colleagues and instructors really, and were always there to, to guide us and support us and even give us extra time after class if we needed it. Um, the majority of, um, of the classmates, we were all on the same mission, returning back to school after a few years as adults and parents, and uh, most of us were parents, actually. So we knew that we are here and we are serious and we want to learn and, and move our life forward. And um, I was in up academic upgrading, like I said. Starting out, I thought, well, it was just gonna going to be for one year. And after one year, I and I did really well, and I found, wow, okay, well, opportunities can really open up for me. Jared's doing really well. Uh, why don't I go on and, and do second year? And then after that, I thought, well, why why stop there? I'm going to take all the courses I need to take so that I can go on to university, and that's how it ended up being three years. Well, it sounds like quite a journey. And uh, I want to uh, I want to dig into um, being a parent, and especially with a special needs child. And you mentioned you were going to school, and there were lots of other parents as well. 
What was it about NorQuest that that drew you to this place in terms of supporting you um, as a, a parent with a, a young child with special needs? Um, again, it's it was the environment of like-minded people. It was um, the instructors knowing that even though we have this going on and, and our life is going on and we have kids and we have responsibilities, we are here. So they were willing to uh, go above and beyond to make sure that our needs are met and, and that we completely understood the material and gave us extra support when we needed it. Um, and as far as, um, you know, having a, a child with special needs, like I said, I wanted to make sure that he was well taken care of and, and he was. And right now, I know NorQuest has on-site daycare. I don't know if that was here when, no. when you were going here. I wish. No, it did not. <laughs> no, not at all. Would have been a nice benefit, I'm sure. It would have been, yeah, yeah, to have him here nearby. I don't know if that would have been a distraction or, or a good thing or a bad thing. But no, it certainly would have been if something should have happened. He would have been right here. Yeah. Now, after NorQuest, you spent seven years at the University of Alberta. What were you studying and why did you choose that path? I first... Um, enrolled in sciences and, and chemistry major. So I enrolled in, a, in a, just a pure chemistry program. And the first year was general science, lots of math, which what I really loved. And then second, and I loved, I loved chemistry. Um, I found out after my journey through Norquest that my favorite subjects were, I've always been, uh, my favorite subject has always been math, fell in love with calculus. And, and I really loved chemistry. And I, the instructor had the instructor who was here had a lot to do with that as well, um, had a passion for sciences. And I found I didn't so much like the labs, didn't like dissecting stuff in biology, but I loved, I loved the chemistry and the art of putting stuff together. And I thought, well, why not? Um, I did, my, I did a, a profile of myself on what I like best. And oh, after second year in chemistry, I started to get bored because now there wasn't so much mathematics. And I just, I, I love the challenge of, of math and, and analyzing and, and taking a simple for, uh, question and, um, you know, having two or three pages of answers. And I just, I love that. I, 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 that's, that's where I thrive. And it's, it's, it's actually therapeutic for me. So second year, I started to get really bored. And I went to the advisor in the chem, uh, chemical and the chemistry department. And she looked at my grades and, and she talked to me for a bit and she said, well, what are you doing in, in chemistry? You should be in engineering. And I thought, really? Okay, I, I don't think I can. Oh my gosh, that sounds so intimidating. And she said, no, you just go and, uh, and apply and have an interview there with the advisor there and, and see uh, what you're up against. And I'm pretty sure you can handle it because if, you, if this is not challenging enough for you, that's where you need to be. And sure enough, um, I was able to transfer all of my courses except for one, which was a language course that I took just out of curiosity and dive, dove right in with chemical engineering. And, and that really fulfilled my love for, for the math and the calculus. Very interesting. And I can't relate to uh, loving math at all. <laughs> That's not my strong suit at all. <laughs> um, but you've had a long educational journey. And what did you do during that time to stay motivated and keep moving forward with your education? Because that, that is quite a journey that you it was on. It was a journey and all. I had a lot of friends call me crazy, that's for sure. Um, but I am a big believer in goals and setting goals. And um, we have so much potential sitting inside of us that we don't, if we don't challenge ourselves on a daily basis and keep the end goal in mind and the end vision in mind, um, we would lose motivation because, you know, why are we doing this? Why am I waking up at six o'clock in the morning and getting everything ready? And my daughter was in school at the time and, um, you know, dropping her off at school and taking my son to daycare and 
and um, and then coming home and picking them up and doing housework and cleaning and cooking and helping her with homework and doing my son's physio and and then finally sitting down to do my homework at nine o'clock at night till midnight and then get up and do it all over again and weekend just play catch up. So why? Why in the world would I go through that? And it gave me so much satisfaction knowing that I've set goals for myself and I've accomplished them. And so always keeping that end vision in mind and that end goal in mind, um, you know, it's the best analogy I can give is these hockey players, they go into into the arena and they're willing to get knocked, their teeth knocked out and, and their face scarred and, and they, they bleed. And a lot of times they go unconscious. Why? Because they're playing for that big cup at the end. They've got a goal. They want to win the Stanley Cup. So... Um, to me, my my graduation and finishing, and I've always been, you finish what you start. And I always kept that day, I would, you know, lay in bed exhausted at, at the end of the night. And I would picture myself on stage, getting my degree and just, um, you know, that very, very final day when I'm up there in, Cong in, in the uh, um, graduation ceremony and um, the university president shaking my hand, I would envision that every single night. And that's what drove me and just kept me going. It's amazing that you were able to hold that vision and, and clearly have that in your mind. And as you're talking about the whirlwind that was your life during that point in time, yes. I, I'm kind of wondering about work-life balance and, and balance in general. Was there any balance for you? Uh, you know what? Balance is, there's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what drives people crazy is I have no balance in my life and trying to, it's really elusive. And to me, balance is just being focused on what you're doing at the moment. There's no such thing as, as trying to balance this and that. It's just having an end goal in mind, but truly being focused on what you're doing at the moment. So uh, was it hard for me as a mom to not feel guilty for being at school? Of course, but then I'd have to have that self-talk with myself saying, if I don't do this, I'm not going to set an example for them and I'm not going to have a better life. So I, when I was in school, I focused solely on school. Now, did I forget that I was a mom? No. Did I forget how much I love them? No. But I didn't carry that guilt with me saying, well, I could be home with Jared or I could be doing this for him or I could be doing that. I made sure that he was well taken care of. And when I was here, I was here. And when I was home with my kids, I was home with my kids and I didn't feel guilt that I need to be doing my homework. Um, and so if we, we have so much energy in us that if we just focus that energy on that task um, that we're doing at hand, that to me is balance. That's interesting because my next question was really going to be about advice. So what, what you would say to someone with young kids who's maybe thinking about going back to school, wondering how they can uh, manage everything. Um, you shared a lot in your last uh, answer about that. Is there anything else that you would say about Absolutely, that? Absolutely. Yeah. Intention. You know, if, if they have the intention and they're ready, willing and able, everything will conspire around them for the right circumstances to just happen. And as well, I, I'm a big believer in if, if there's something inside of us that we feel we need to get done, we better do it. Because I don't know too many people under deathbed who said, oh, I'm so glad I did that. It was, I wish I had done that. And if there's something inside of them that says, I'd like to go back to school, if they don't, or whatever it is, or pursue a business, or go dive off, I, I don't know, <laughs> to sky jump or whatever, skydiving. If that day comes and they're on their deathbed, they're going to be regretting it. But it's going to feel so good that they've accomplished that goal and they've done it. So just have the right intent. And, and if that's what they truly want, right, they desire that within. There's something in them that just says, I can't sleep at night because I just desire it so much. They go for it and everything else works itself out. Right. Let's talk a little bit more in detail about your school experience. Um, I'm curious to know, were you attending classes in person? Was it online? 
Um, who, who were you attending classes with while you were at the U of A? What did that look like for you? It was all classes. It was all classes. First year was very intimidating because going from this uh, comfortable, homey environment of Norquest where we had so much support and, and the classrooms were small. We got to know each other and got to know our classmates really well by the end of it. And I actually, what I did is I volunteered during my spare hours and I, I, I tutored. I tutored students here. And that gave me a lot of satisfaction knowing that I'm, I'm able to help my peers. And walking into university the first year and it's an auditorium style and you're just a number. And, you know, we did have... Um, office hours where the professor would, would be in the office if we were to come in and ask questions. But then we were just a number, and I just found it so impersonal. Until you, you gradually move up into university and really go more into your specialization that you get to know your prof more one-on-one. -on -one. So um, it was it was very intimidating. It was very challenging. and um, But then again, it's about knowing that, you know, that's just one class, one year. I'm, I'm going to be moving moving up and, and moving from there. There was no online. No, absolutely. Everything was just classroom, hands-on assignments and and attending all the time. And here at Norquest, you were studying with a lot of other people who had young kids. Um, who who were your classmates while you were in engineering school? <laughs> I, I called them kids. No offense. <laughs> yeah, there were no other parents. And, you know, that was another challenging thing for me is a lot of those, not a lot, all of them, 18, 19 year olds. And that was their first time away from home and freedom and looking forward to the weekend and just um, what did they call it? Um, right before an exam, cramming before an exam because they were just too busy partying and having fun on the weekend. And, and I'd show up on Monday morning. I remember one time we had a very difficult assignment in a, in a, in a certain class. And that assignment was due on Monday morning at nine. And there was one question that was just nearly impossible to solve. And so, um, you know, Friday night, I picked up my kids and I, we just, we had dinner clean, cooked clean. It was a difficult week. And I didn't really look at my books Friday night. So Saturday did my housework, did all that. I, by the time I sat down to do my homework, it was probably nine o'clock. I stayed up on that one question till two o'clock in the morning. And then Sunday, it was housework and laundry and Jared's physio and this and that, and then preparing uh, food for all week. That was my typical weekend. And I may save an hour or two for friends, but most of the time, I didn't even get to see my friends. It was just a phone call um, for them to check up on me, make sure I'm still alive. So I show up Monday morning, and I, I was just beat, tired. My eyes were red, and, and um, I hadn't finished that question. And so all of the class had asked for an extension. And the professor said, uh, it's got to be a unanimous decision. So if everybody decides that you need an extension for tomorrow for you to come in and get help, I'll give it to you. But if one person objects, then I can't. So this young girl who is an A-plus student, lived at home, no responsibilities, had finished it. And she put up her hand. She says, no, I object. And so there was no extension given. I'm like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a classroom setting like Norquest, you would have told the, the, the instructor, this is what I did and they would have listened to you but here you're just a number and so you're uh, and that was really challenging just kind of being put into this classroom of young kids with no responsibilities and but that's okay I said that's all right it's another challenge we'll just keep going 
Yeah. And I think it really, um, there's a couple things there that I want to touch on a bit, because my experience in going back um, in midlife, too, has been quite different. And I remember being that young 20-something, stay out partying, get the assignment done at the Mm -hmm. last minute kind Mm -hmm. of person. Mm -hmm. And it's been very different this time. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that you're bringing up is this this context of what each individual person is going through. And we Mm -hmm. don't always see or understand or appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, there's another twist to your story. So you graduated with a degree in chemical engineering with honors, but you ultimately decided to work in the business world. Tell us about that decision. What made you choose to pursue business instead of the sciences? Towards the end of engineering, I found that I just I'm not going to have a passion for working for it. I'm very, very, very grateful for what I've learned, grateful for my education, grateful to be part of such um, such a faculty that that is so disciplined. Uh, but as when I did a project for Suncor in our last year, I knew that that was not my passion. That's not what I could do for the rest of my life. And so I do a lot of reflection inward. And I thought, um, dad always talked to us about business and the power of, of owning your own business and being your own boss. And I can't see myself here. I am starting good 12 years after everybody graduated, um, going in older, um, going in as a mom, going in with a child with a disability and getting a job in an engineering firm and it's I'm not going it's not going to really I'm not going to be favored in that field as if I was a 24 year old walking in and have my whole life ahead of me that was one and that would have been okay for me to face that challenge but I just couldn't find passion for the field and I didn't want to be 45 50 years old miserable and I I have always challenged the status quo thought said to myself I teach my children to be passionate about what we do and if I don't really follow my passion I what does that make me? And I'm not really setting an example for them. So I was seriously considering going in getting a master's degree in business because I thought, well, an engineering degree speaks volume anywhere we go because I know there was a young man with us in engineering and he wanted to get into medical school. And the reason he went through engineering school was that he knew he would get accepted a lot easier in medical school. I thought, well, what better than, um, you know, a woman, visible minority, really, <laughs> to get it, get an engineering degree and then go into business because that's going to speak volume. Well, I had, um, and another, another thing that concerned me too is, is something that I should have answered before is first year I qualified for a scholarship and I took um, full course load. So you had to be full course load to get that scholarship. My grades were there and I took a full course load in first year sciences and a full course load is five courses and, and all the labs that come with it. So even for an 18-year-old, that's a lot of material to handle. And I thought, well, why not? Like, I can do it all. (laughs) (laughs) By the end of the first year, I nearly had a breakdown. And I went to see the advisor. And she says, are you crazy? What are you doing? This is what you have going on. This is your life. And you're taking a full course load. You need to cut back your classes, even if it means you have to take spring and summer. And I said, well, I didn't know I could do that. She says, what is the, no, just cut back your classes. You need to do that. And because I did that, I didn't qualify for scholarships anymore. Wow. So I've made it, I don't know if that's changed now. I don't know if they have scholarships for parents going back to school and they have a little bit more, um, they're a little bit more lenient that way. But I've made it a goal of mine because it just, it made my blood boil inside. Um, My goal is to start and fund a scholarship for parents who want to go back to school and who can't can't afford it. It's one of my future goals for sure. Um, one of my my top my top ten goals. So because of that, I've had to take on student loans, and um, 
I didn't like having debt. I didn't like uh, owing money. And I knew I didn't have to pay it until after I graduated. But I graduated. I had maxed out my student loans. And I was going to go and get a master's degree in business. I knew I was going to get paid a little bit because I can go and teach while I'm doing my master's. But it wasn't going to be enough because, you know, we've struggled for so long on student loans and being students and having to raise my uh, my children. And, my, you know, my uh, my husband at the time didn't really, you know, he was just working odd jobs here and there. And I thought, well, I'll go back and I'll do master's later. Why don't I just go and, you know, just bring in an income with a degree that I've got for a little bit, um, doing what I can do. And that's when I landed, uh, la- actually finance landed into my life. Uh, and it came to me at, at just the right time when I was looking for that. So it, it took everything together from loving people, loving to help people, um, working in a noble industry, which I had no idea was so noble until I got into it, and uh, fulfilling my, my love for math. It's not all math, it's all people, but still there's, I can make it, I can make it math if I wanted to make it math, and business. So it all came together, again, having the right intention, right? It all came together at the right time in my life. That's an incredible story. And, you know, I I sort of um, bristle at the injustice of losing your full scholarship, Mm -hmm. because you had other things going on in your life Mm -hmm. that weren't taken into account. And Mm -hmm. um, if that hasn't changed, it definitely needs to change. Oh, it will. I'll make sure. (laughs) (laughs) And you also brought up student loans. And that's something I, you know, I have a, I kind of have the love-hate relationship with the student loans, Mm -hmm. because like you, I, I don't really want to take on a lot of debt. But on the other hand, sometimes that's the only way that you can make it happen. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you do what you need to do. Now you've been at your current company, World Financial Group for the past 11 years. What does the company do? And what's your role there? World Financial Group is is really uh, above and beyond any other financial firm, because we're really focused on helping middle income families. So for me, the love of education, the love of helping people, the love of succeeding, the love of setting goals, um, the love of just leaving a, li- a ripple, a, even a little ripple effect after we leave this planet that we've made a difference, uh, and the love of being in business for myself, uh, but but not by myself, and backed up by a, a giant, giant company for out of Europe. Um, and we're on a mission to completely revolutionize and change an industry by uh, branching out financial education, financial literacy, and I did not know what I did not know and how ignorant I was when it came to understanding the, the subject that we go to school to learn to get the job for, to make that money. And I didn't know how ignorant I was I, about learning how, how money works, which is very simple, really. Um, we go as far as volunteering in high schools and teaching high school students about how money works and just simple concepts. So um, really focus on middle-income families, and it, uh, we're our broker. So we have, we're affiliated with over 50 companies from TD to Bank of Montreal to Manulife to, to Templeton, and we're in the all over North America, and my role is um, uh, I'm, I'm more of a coach and a trainer, but also a financial educator. So I've got clients of my own, and I, and I train a team of people to do what we do and uh, eventually open up outlets everywhere and brokerages. And in thinking back on your past educational experiences, how did they prepare you for what you do today? My goodness, uh, discipline, first and foremost, uh, setting goals, and seeing that it's an unending ocean of information out there because I'd be walking. I remember I'd be taking walks along the campus at U of A and I would look at this faculty and say, well, I don't know anything about, about the, the earth sciences. I don't know anything about the biology labs. I don't know anything about medicine, about dentistry, about this. And so it just, the more we learn, the hungrier we get. 
and it should be a never ending process. And that's another thing with, with uh, my current career right now and my current business is there's always something to learn always every single day. Um, so the quest of never ever stopping to learn because our mind is a muscle and if we don't exercise it, it's just going to atrophy and die and, um, discipline, um, continuous learning, never ending, setting goals and achieving them and just being true to ourselves and always, always be connected to that inner voice and say, what's next? What can we do? And, and can we do it with passion? And just along those lines of always continuing our education, are there more things you want to pursue in terms of post-secondary education sometime in the future? Or do you feel like you got what you needed from your time at Norquest College and the University of Alberta? Yeah, I got what I needed from formal education because formal education teaches us just what's in the book. But like I said, education should be never ending. And that education has to be self-awareness. That kind of education will be ongoing. And I do a lot of that. I do a lot of spiritual um, learning a lot of personal development and a lot of it is within our company too. There's a lot of personal development and we got in front of some pretty incredible leaders among them are Tony Robbins just did a seminar for us in December. So lots and lots of, um, professional development, personal development, but I think I'm done with post-secondary for now for this lifetime. And you mentioned a Zig Ziglar quote to me, speaking of personal development gurus, and that quote was, if you help enough people to get what they want, you will get what you want. How have you seen that play out in your own life? This is going to sound really philosophical. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I truly honestly believe, and it's proven uh, by sciences, that we're all connected through energy. And if we really are selfish and just doing things for ourselves, we go against our nature. And which is... Our nature is we have a consciousness and our consciousness tells us that we are connected and we are truly, we can't be living on our own by ourselves on this planet. We can't, we have to work for the common good of the all. And if we do that, ultimately we feel really good about it because we know we've helped everybody through that process. And if you look at all fields of work, the person who really is successful and my definition of success is if we do something for a living and we're not getting paid for it, would we do it anyway? And if the answer is 100%, absolutely yes, that's my definition of success. And if we get paid well to do it, well, that's a bonus. So those people who've succeeded on the material level, but really you see that they've succeeded on, on a personal level as well before they had to get that material level. It was people who've, who helped millions, hundreds of thousands of people get, event, get what they want and we're all in, uh, connected and that energy just comes back a million folds over, but we have to do it not with the intention that what's in it for us, it's what's in it for everybody else. I love that. That's really beautiful. Thank you. I just want to ask you if there's anything else that you want to share about your educational or life experiences before we wrap up. Just, again, I'm just going to sound like a broken record and reiterate and say, if there's something inside somebody that says, I want to do this and I want to pursue this, um, the biggest risk is not taking that leap of faith and saying, no, I need to do this and everything else will fall into place. It will seem a little, little bit miraculous and out of there, but it will. If the true intent is I have this goal, I want it. The worst thing that can happen is it, it doesn't work out. But at least we have the satisfaction knowing that we've tried and we turn around and we say, okay, let's try something else. So if there's something inside of us that needs to get done, whether going back to school or starting a business 
Um, but we do it intelligently, of course. We, we take calculated risks and, and we do our research and we do all of that, but just then you jump in with both feet. Very wise words. Radina, I just want to say thank you so much thank you. for being here today. I really appreciate meeting you and um, hearing more about your story. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. You might know exactly where you want to go next in your career, but maybe there are a few steps you need to take first. Norquest College offers academic upgrading to help you put those foundational pieces in place. Take courses to enable you to continue your studies at Norquest College or other post-secondary institutions and increase your job opportunities. Norquest College operates as an accredited high school, so you can get the courses you need from Alberta Education's curriculum. High school equivalency courses are also accepted by Canadian post-secondary institutions. Get where you need to go by taking that first step with academic upgrading. Visit norquest.ca forward slash AU. Now back to our show. I'm truly amazed by the stories of parents with young kids who are able to manage school and family. Parenting is such a demanding job. And when you have a special needs child, it's even more challenging. Radina made a lot of sacrifices to balance family and education, demanding days, late nights, giving up a social life, even losing a scholarship. But she never complained. She just kept going and was so determined to see herself walking across the stage to get her degree. I love what Radina said about being present in whatever role you were fulfilling. When she was with her kids, she was fully present as a mom, making sure they got what they needed. But when she was at school, she focused on being a student, putting in the work and not worrying about her family or feeling guilty about not being there for them right at that moment. I think that can be a challenge for so many of us, focusing on what you are doing and pouring your energy into that. I think that especially as women, we feel the need to do it all. And sometimes we need to let stuff go. I remember during the Spring Institute, which if you haven't listened to episode one yet, you can learn more about that crazy time in my life. I was just trying to get through those three weeks of full-on school and all the homework. And during this time, my house was an absolute disaster. Dishes and laundry piled up and just stuff everywhere. I'm normally a little OCD, one of those people who has to have everything in its place. So it was really stressful living in chaos. And let's just say my husband and I have different standards when it comes to domestic cleanliness. So it really didn't bother him. And he was kind of busy with his own work. So I don't even think he noticed. Anyways, it was something I had to let go of, at least for that time, and just sort of accept that those things were not going to get done. I did that for three weeks. But Radina, she focused for seven years with two kids. Amazing. The last piece of Radina's story about getting to the end of it all, graduating from engineering with honors, but then deciding not to work in that field, but to segue into the world of business and finance, that really struck me as well. She achieved her goal, she got to the end, but then she was able to see other possibilities that might be a better fit, and she followed her heart. And it sounds like that has worked out very well for her. And that part about losing her scholarship for being a part-time student and the need for more support... I did come across one scholarship for part-time students. It's from the Peter Elzinga Foundation, and you can find out more at peterelzinga.com, and I'll link that up in show notes as well. That's our show today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like the show, please give us a rating. It helps other people connect to us. 
you can reach me at backtoschoolagain.ca or at schoolagainpod on all the usual social channels. I'd love to hear your story. Back to School Again was recorded at the Norquest College Innovation Studio, located on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional homeland of First Nations and Métis peoples. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Norquest College, for supporting the show and to our talented technical producer, Corey Stroder. Back to School Again is proud to be affiliated with the Alberta Podcast Network. Find out more at albertapodcastnetwork.com. See you next time.